going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you coming on board the pirate ship over here. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for continuing to support the show. I greatly appreciate it. March4th.podbean.com is the central hub for past episodes, for clips of my work, for a little bio about who I am and what it is that I do. Uh, Obviously, if you're listening, you found it somehow, so I won't make the beginning of this an infomercial. Uh, That being said, I hope everybody's staying safe. I hope everybody's doing well. All things considered for 2020, we're in the final stretch here. For you business people, we are in Q4, and for all the regular people out there, we're we're just we're in the last uh, you know we're in the last home stretch here. We're we're in the uh, final three months of the year. It's uh, it's the fall here in the United States, so you know what that means. It's pumpkin everything all the time. Pumpkin coffee, pumpkin mochiata lattes, pumpkin duvets, pumpkin pillows, pumpkin donuts, pumpkin bread pumpkin candy corn uh and then if you go to aisle seven you can find the christmas stuff uh so any hoosers i don't know if i'm going to take that out or leave it in i think i'm going to leave it in i think i'm going to leave it in we're, we're you know i i enjoy the fall I'm a, I'm a horror movie fan um especially the old school stuff the 80s stuff i i think is great you know there's always like uh, a group of kids that goes into a house that nobody in real life would ever do like i've never been with my friends and been like hey guys you know, after we go to this football game, our junior year of high school, let's go to that abandoned house on the east side of town and just kind of see what's up. You know, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll get some Taco Bell. We'll hang out. You know, we'll see what's happening. In those movies, it's always like a, a scared white girl that goes for her, like, jock boyfriend, and she walks into the house. and Steve? Steve, are you here? There's no lights on, but I'm going to enter this address. By the letter of the law, we're trespassing. Um heard a lot of horrible things have happened here but uh for some reason you and todd decided to come up here and uh it's not funny steve it's not funny and then you guys know what happens next but anyway i think there's uh there's gonna be a lot a lot of halloween movies uh so it's it's a, it's a good time of the year good time of the year again there's a lot of other craziness going on in the world this ain't that show you ain't gonna hear nothing from me so we going we gonna just keep it light. We're gonna keep it fun. We're gonna keep it goofy, and uh, we're gonna have ourselves a good show. And speaking of that, this week I have a returning guest on the show. He's a guy that uh, was on the podcast as recently as last year, in the midst of putting out a lot of singles and you know, kind of doing his own thing. And that is none other than Wes Anderson. Wes is a great guitar player. Of uh, the guitars that he plays, uh, at least one of them that I know of is a beautiful PRS with like this really cool green finish on it. Uh, but he's he's a guy who's from the same area that I grew up in. Um, we first got in touch way back in probably 2011 or 2012 when I was writing for Toledo Free Press. And at the time, I almost said Toledo Free Press. It's precious, like pumpkins and fall. It's beautiful. And star picks with pumpkins. Um, but anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, Wes Anderson. So I used to write for Toledo Free Press, as those of you who've listened to the show know. Uh, it was a it was a um, a biweekly paper 
there was like the kind of like what you could say would be like the Sunday edition paper in your town, you know, more the newsy kind of stuff. And then we had the Toledo Free Press Star, which was like the arts and entertainment, which was kind of where I lived a lot because I wrote about music and the like. So uh, any Hoosers, Wes used to be in a band called Fiction 20 Down uh, based out of Baltimore. And over the last few years, he's really gotten into more of his uh, solo stuff in the last couple of years and has done a lot of really cool collaborations on these singles and has accompanied them with, uh, that's a funny word to say, accompanied them with with some really cool artwork as well. Um, Among the people that he's collaborated with since like 2018 um, are Howie and Donald Spangler, his buds in Ballyhoo, Lyrics Born, Peanut from 311, Duke Sims, Kosha Dills, Marlon Asher, King Green, Ted Bowne of Pacifier. So he's done a lot of really, really cool collaborations and singles. And uh, his latest one, Red Cup Dub, featuring Mayday and Trey Miller, has done really well for him on Spotify. It's been getting a lot of streams. There was a lot of really cool uh, visuals in the music video that they put out for it. It was just... It was really, it was really cool. So, in the midst of everything happening, I wanted to get back in touch with him because, outside of my friend Lindsey Bowman, who was also on the show, make sure you check out her music. Great country singer in Nashville. Um, she's the only other person that I know that has played live shows, right? Um, in terms of you know people, people being there, somebody that I know personally, and people actually being in attendance. And so, obviously, you know. Everybody has been affected by this virus globally. It's a terrible thing. I, I really hope that uh, that you know again, people stay safe until we can get a vaccine. All that being said, um, Wes actually played a show in Baltimore a couple weeks ago in September, and it was at a cool venue, and uh, everything went well. It was it was uh, a good show from from everything that I saw, and it looked like uh, you know a cool spot where he was playing. So. I wanted to get in touch with him just to see what it's been like as a as an independent artist in the quarantine like this and and how he's been holding up he's obviously been really productive and again one of the good things that and we talk about this that's come out of the coronavirus if there is a good thing that's come out of the coronavirus is being able through modern technology to collaborate on things like this for a podcast but also for musicians to find different ways to connect with their fans so it was uh, it was a fun conversation and one that you're about to hear. So without further ado, I'm gonna shut my big yapper, take a sip of this pumpkin latte, and give you guys my conversation with Wes Anderson. Here it is. It's been it's been a weird year, but I think one of the positives has just been like stuff like this, you know, with modern technology, being able to stay in touch with people. Um, and you're a guy that really, you know, in the last year, we, we've obviously, I think the first time we talked was probably what, like eight, nine years ago now, something for Toledo free press, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the fix 20 down days. But, um, but yeah, you, you, you're continuing to put out singles. Um, I, I know you've played live, so you're somebody I wanted to get in touch with just as far as like, you know, an artist during this experience, but somebody who also has experience having been able to play live music at a time when so many people aren't and continuing to put out singles. Red Cup Dub's been, you know, doing really, really well for you. So 
there's a lot I want to get to, but first, just just how are you doing, man? Now that we're like six months, seven months into the apocalypse, you you hanging in there out there in Baltimore? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously crazy and a different year, but um, you know, I I I'd probably say I'm on on the more fortunate end of things. Um, just with like my personal work situation that I you know I still hold a a job to to keep my music uh, costs afloat. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a very expensive habit. And, um, so I've been able to, uh, have steady work. So that, that's really been the anchor for, uh, keeping, keeping my momentum, uh, with music and just, um, you know, my sanity, you know, a lot of people have lost jobs. My sister lost her job for a long time. Oh, dang, um, man. You know, so a lot of people I personally know, you know, were really negatively affected by this whole situation. So, uh, to see that and just others and then other music friends of mine, you know, going through tougher times, but also some of the same people going like thriving in it as well. Um, it's been a, it's been an a experience and, you know, a year like this will definitely, um, you know, thin the herd, so to speak. So, you know, the stronger uh, and more resilient people are going to be able to come out on top uh, probably better than ever. But um, for me, it's, it's, it's been a great year. Um, you know, all things considered, um, the music's been rolling. Uh, I've released two singles of my own this year. Uh, just started playing out again, like a couple weekends ago. Um, but with my solo project, the, the music releases is really, uh, the focal point of what I'm doing musically. And one good thing about the lockdown, it, it, it kicked me in the butt to get my home recording gear in, in check and like, yeah, just just get I've always wanted to do that. But like, I have a really good uh, producer friend that works out of a really good studio in Baltimore. So it's just like, you know, it's a little pricier because you're paying for the hourly rate. But at the same time, like the quality that comes out of those sessions is so much better than I do on my own. But since they stopped taking clients uh, for up until a couple months ago i was like all right now i can finally get some equipment at least do some uh demo tracks on my own like guitars and stuff and just so happened um a drummer friend of mine out of the uh boston area invited me to do an album project with him so i actually just wrapped that up the demo part of it uh just last week and that's something i dedicated the last like three and a half months of my life to so i wrote an album in the last like three months essentially on top oh, of my solo on top of my solo music so yeah it's the 2021 is going to be a lot of a lot of content will be coming out in 2021 that's awesome man so so let me ask you going going into 2020 and all the stuff that you just mentioned obviously the the world got tilted on its axis but um you you know the the solo music that you've been doing within the last year from i think i we featured i've got your back kid when i had you on a year ago oh, yeah. yep. and then you had you had one of one in moments in time in 2018 keep him talking um many ways in 2019 so the the artwork and everything with the singles like i i think has been really cool too in addition to the collaborations um you also have your meet the collaborators you know podcast where you're you're doing a lot of those on youtube right with the video yes um, yeah so yeah, I just started doing live streaming since uh, the lockdown, which has actually turned out to be way better than in person, anyways. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like like re- in terms of like audience reach, because like those platforms really favor live recordings. So like you know the amount of organic views and uh, people I've been able to reach by live streaming 
made those episodes much more successful. That's great, man. So like going into this year before everything happened, I mean, what was kind of the, uh, the game plan? Was, was it continue? Like, so you, you've come out with mind quarantine uh, a couple months ago, red cup dub came out what early August, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so, so going into this year, what was kind of the plan? Like, d- did mind quarantine come out of the quarantine? Was that part of the experience or like before COVID hit, you know, what was kind of your game plan going into 2020 musically? Uh, yeah, as far as like single releases, um, I just wanted to keep the momentum going. So, uh, my target is like three, three, like major singles a year that, and those are going to be the songs that are going to have like the main, like, you know, bigger featured artists and things like that. Um, so mine quarantine, I actually started recording that in 2018 and the song was done. The instrumentals were completely finished before the end of 2019. I was just waiting on the vocals. So that, that was in the, the song title I'd come up with. Well, like about a, over a year ago, probably. Um, oh, wow. so, so it had nothing to do with the actual quarantine. The timing was just unique and like i thought about changing it because i didn't want to seem like corny about it because like there are a lot of people doing like quarantine raps and like quarantine this and that but i was like you know what i already thought of the name like it fits the lyrics of the song and it's like pretty timely with everything that was going on in the world so um i decided to keep it but yeah in terms of like the game plan it was more of the same in terms of uh the single releases and then i really wanted to beef up my live show uh uh, playing more shows so that was one that definitely got put to a halt pretty pretty quick but um i started playing live again under with a new format last summer so i s- was able to get some like really good shows like opening slots and stuff like that some festivals um so i was really excited with that momentum and like i had new songs and new like w- you know types of sh- like uh, set list I was building up. So I was really excited to just keep expanding that, like playing with different genres and different types of bands and stuff and kind of finding the right pocket, uh, for that vibe. Um, so that, that's something that didn't get to progress as much, but, um, you know, that's okay. Just made me focus more on songwriting and working on other music. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the work part of it. So have you been able to to work from home, like outside of the music stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so good. That's, that's yeah, it's definitely a luxury that I'm very uh grateful uh to have. So what's it what's it been like with you mentioned you, you know other other people and and colleagues in the in the music industry. I mean, um a, as a musician who who's out there and then striking out on your own after being in a band for a number of years. I mean, what's what's it just been like where where you're at in uh, in Baltimore? I mean, how's how's it the kind of the scene been with everybody being out of live music have you guys been keeping in touch Are people just trying to keep each other's spirits up and collaborating i mean kind of what's what's it been like to ride that wave as a as somebody who's out here really grinding like you are yeah so early on i think it was a way more collaborative like unifying uh experience um i think a lot of artists were banding together like earlier on in the lockdown um for example um a, a promoter friend of mine and I, we uh, organized a live stream charity event um, from uh, uh, Crab House, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, actually. Shout out to them. Uh, they were actually able to operate because they uh, were technically a restaurant, but they had a music stage in there. So we were able okay. to pr- 
produce a, a, like a four hour event or so with the combination of uh, performers that uh, already pre-recorded their set from home and then mixed in uh, live performances from the actual venue. Um, oh, cool. And I was supposed I, I originally wanted to plan it so I could play it, too, and get myself out there. But um, it ended up being more of like an acoustic singer songwriter format. So it just wouldn't have jived with my set. But, you know, just considering the the mess that was going on, I just was happy to help and, uh, you know, keep lo- the Jimmy's place, the local business, you know, get there, help them do what they need to do and then get the artists some money uh, from all the donations. And then we did. Uh, portion uh, to local charities. Um, some of it went to buy meals for hospital workers. So that was like a really cool, like unifying thing uh, that all the artists were like super gracious with their time and no one said no, essentially. And um, so that was cool just from uh, being a part of the community here and, and being able to help out, even though, you know, it didn't really, I didn't participate in terms of performing, but just to be able to, you know, band together with other local artists and uh, musicians and industry people. Uh, that was really cool. Um, but beyond that, I mean, the last few it's so that everyone was like, Oh, we got to fight through this together together. And then it's just like middle of summer's here. It's like, we're still locked down. And I just feel like people started like getting, like, I know one, one, uh, singer friend of mine who's actually supposed to uh, do one of my next singles. Uh, he's been a touring career musician for like over the last decade and he got a, a job at Amazon Prime, like delivering delivering Amazon packages. You know, just people started having to like the survive. I think the survival instinct started to kick in like in the summertime when uh, it, we realized it wasn't going to be 15 days to stop the curve. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes. yeah, at this point, um, a lot of things are like opening, but not like the music venues are going to be the very last. So like my concern is just what venues are going to be able to survive because there aren't that many good ones to begin with here. Um, you know, Baltimore isn't like a, you know, net necessarily like a national hotspot for touring bands and stuff like that. You know, we're right in the middle of Philadelphia and DC. So most of the, a lot of acts just hit those two markets cause they're bigger and there's usually, you know, there's a better variety of venues there. So I really hope the, the, the good venues that are here are able to stay afloat. Uh, and so far they have. So, um, you know, I think October is when some are starting to do uh, like socially distanced, limited capacity type events. Um, so hopefully that that can uh, turn things around. Yeah, man. And, and, and you know, I, I feel I feel for those places because it's just like, I mean, even from where from in Toledo, you know, you think of you think about like Frankie's and stuff like that. Oh, or yeah. Just, you know, all these all these places and you go man like i hope you know village idiot and all you know that yeah, have been just yeah. like institutions forever you know yeah, um love those places have they been because i know like a lot of bands that i've seen on instagram and musical artists uh, a lot of the you know the big touring acts have done like uh you know like specific merch and fundraising just for like the crew members and stuff and all these people who put the shows on um has there been anything like that uh in terms of like whether it's GoFundMe or uh, any any anything like that, w- with some of those local venues in Baltimore that you've seen to try to to try to help keep them open, or is everybody just trying to do what they can to survive? Like you said, yeah, uh, I mean all of the above. You know, um, I don't mean to make light of this situation, but like if any of these musicians' music careers go go south, like they will all have great careers in sales because everyone's like learning how to ask for money from people. 
uh, in, yeah. in like a, 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 a sincere way without being too slimy. So I say that like kind of facetiously, but like, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so like the, the live set for me hasn't been like a consistent like income for me. So like I, I wanted to do live streams, but then like this album project landed in my lap. So I was like, well, I can write an album that will be around forever, or I can try to put together a, a, like a DJ style live stream set and that'll just happen once and like be forgotten in a week. So I, I kind of just had to prioritize uh, cause I was, you know, I'm still working and all that, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of bands from here and nationally are doing like live stream sets and doing like uh limited edition merchandise uh, for those shows so like you know my good friends Ballyhoo, who are local to the maryland area they i would say they are the they've been like the 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 handbook on how to how to survive a crisis because uh, they did high-end production for all their live streams they promoted the hell of out of them and did it really well did limited edition merch um they did even one that was pre-recorded like an acoustic set on the harbor like real good setting and then we're in the live chat with the fans on the on the youtube stream so just like really you know high engagement offering a really unique show like playing specific albums start to front and doing like you know b-sides and rare songs they never play so like they they did it right and i you know they they i think they did pretty well on those live streams so like i you know that's a way to do it and a lot of a lot of bands have done that um and then in the venues i don't know they just are doing whatever the hell they can because <laughs> they can't have shows. So like selling to go alcohol. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what else they've been able to do, whatever they can get away with. Uh, Cause the, the mayor here in Baltimore has been way out of sync with the rest of the state. So I feel for, I feel for those, those owners the most like the, the institution venue type, type venues, like the Frankie type venues of Baltimore, uh which yeah there are, which there are several i feel i honestly feel for those the most because they they are also the most limited in what they can do to survive like bands have the luxury to pivot you know with the internet and doing live streams like you know bands can find creative ways to still keep the hustle going like relatively easily whereas these venues where it's a physical space and you have a, a respiratory virus that's contagious as fuck and you can't have people come to your place like so I, I really feel for those venues that have been like a staple of the community and always hosted good shows and took care of local bands. Um, I really feel for them the most. Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. And again, you think about all those people that work there, whether it's the the bartenders, the you know the the sound guys, uh, you know the the yep. dudes working the door. Um, yeah, man. I, I again, man, you just. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy, but that's, that's why I think, um, you know, one, like one positive of it is, is stuff like this, you know, the technology, you know, you mentioned the live stream stuff, people being able to, um, collaborate. There's a few, there's a few artists, uh, one in particular that I had on here who, who does a lot of cover work. Um, and, uh, they, they were doing, uh, a, a cover of Judith, the perfect circle. Um, they were all in oh, different nice. parts of the country and put together yep. the, the music video and the whole nine. And, and it's just, that's been really inspiring for me to see as a guy who's really like, you know, a novice in terms of like <laughs> the recording stuff. Like I've been doing my podcast a while and we were, we were talking at the beginning of this, like about just um, audio quality and stuff like that. So kind of like what you were saying about getting, uh, you know, getting, getting like your home kind of studio stuff in order. It's really been, I think a test of um, 
when you have more time alone, you kind of figure out the stuff that's really important to you and the yep. stuff that's on your checklist checklist that you want to get done. And, and that's even me. I'm like, dude, I want to get back into like doing this consistently, build back up an audience, give people conversations that I, that I hope they enjoy uh, and, and get something out of and get motivated out of. So, um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hoping and praying. And, uh, I know the, 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 the classic thoughts and prayers, you know, um, (laughs) you know, but, but in all honesty, man, yeah, I, I just hope, uh, I, I, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel, but this, this thing was just so unprecedented. Um, it's just like treading water, you know what I mean? You're on a boat and all of a sudden there's a hole in the boat and you got to, you know, there's no land. You got to figure out how you're going to, how you're going to float. You know what I mean? So I, I hope that a lot of people uh, do come out the other side of this in, in a, in a positive way. So it just seems so month to month and like day by day, even right now, you know? Yeah, man, totally. And like the skeptic in me just wonders what this would be like if it wasn't an election year, because so much of this has become a politicized topic when it's, you know, at the core, it's really a, a, a health health issue, but it's become such a political uh vehicle for all parties to use to push their candidates or their agenda so you know my fear and hope and all in the same is that november 4th uh a lot of reopenings are going to start happening because i you know i I don't really follow many other areas uh beyond baltimore in terms of like how their cases are doing like i'll check ohio because like my parents are there and stuff like that but like you know our numbers here are like pre-covid levels almost like you know it's not we're not totally clear but like everything has been declining we're lower than we were in like march uh in terms of like daily new cases and deaths are way down so like you know as far as i can tell like we're good (laughs) but uh you know for some reason like these venues can't aren't doing shows yet and stuff like that so we'll see we'll see yeah, man, fingers fingers crossed. But um, you know, pivoting to the, the album you mentioned that uh, that that you worked on. I mean, how did how did that uh, how did that kind of fall in your lap and and, and come about? Uh, yeah. So the drummer guy, he's actually uh, has collaborated with uh, some of the Ballyhoo guys before. So uh, we're mutual. I guess we have mutual friends, and then he's seen my my songs I've done with with the Ballyhoo guys as well. So we we just connected on social media and like started just you know showing support towards each other um because he's he's just a phenomenal drummer so he 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 posts a lot of really cool uh like uh drum cover videos and stuff like that just just sick stuff and so yeah um just started there and then he hit me up uh late spring or so asked if i want to do an album he had all these drum tracks uh already recorded um so they were like fully fleshed out drum songs like some of them were like three minute songs, but just drums. And oh, he, 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 yeah, he wrote, wrote them himself. So like, it was a really interesting project because I've never written that way. Um, where I already had the drum parts, but it's actually really cool. It kind of like helped me focus on the direction of songs. Um, and I just used the, the vibes I was feeling from his drum parts to, to write my guitars to it. And, it, uh, he sent me six drum tracks. So, and then I wrote three additional songs on guitar that I sent to him with just guitar that he then put drums to. So, um, yeah, so now we have an album and, uh, it's not like most of the singles I've done. It's, it's a lot heavier. 
so I'm really happy to to get something heavier out. Um, so yeah, I would I would say it's as of now the songs are like a hybrid of newfound glory and the Deftones. There's That's really, awesome, man! And, and it's funny you mentioned that because um, I saw recently on Instagram you post like that that metal that metal oh riff, yes that's um, one of the yeah so i was playing to his drums <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah and yeah. and um the new deftones is friggin' amazing by the oh, way I, I think i've listened to genesis about 33 times in like the past week that that track in particular is so crazy that's the uh that's an album opener right yes yeah, yes that's yeah. track one yes i've listened to that, i've listened to that album at least once a day since it came out usually more than once um, yeah, the, the the atmosphere that they have in their music and like just the, those sort of ethereal atmospheric elements um, and like the ambient kind of sounds and yep. Chino's guitar playing with 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 Steph is just like it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's it's what what those guys that whole band what they do and and the way they put it together because I think I, I think. Uh, uh, doesn't he use like eight string guitars a lot now? Yeah, someone asked me that the other day, and I I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I, like I, probably. I, I think I've seen some know. stuff where where Chino will play like a he'll play like an SG, like a six string, and like uh, Stefan will have like a like an eight string guitar. It's just insane. What it's yeah. what those guys do is is crazy, man. But but I've I've kept up with you on social media and I recently got on Instagram, but even on Twitter, we we've messaged a few times and stuff. And like even before this album, we we talked about Deftones and everything. And so that's what I wanted to ask you about this record. It's kind of cool to hear the heavier stuff because that's what I was curious about. Like, is it is it gonna be like the reggae kind of vibe and still or still kind of have like the pop and funk and rap vibe? Cause your songs have been diverse, but but obviously we all have like, you know every artist has like their not me but like artists have like their own unique feel and so that's what i was curious about with this record like what what direction it was in so so it's more it's more of a heavier side compared to compared to more of the the reggae stuff that you've done before yeah yeah absolutely just um you know all guitar driven like really big heavy guitars uh some real catchy choruses so yeah i mean some songs are like 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 on the newfound glory like more like pop punk like california punk kind of vibe and then some of it is more in the darker uh really like blistering heavy deftones type vibe so um i think you know it, it's it's kind of a weird pairing and kind of it kind of covers a lot of ground but we both agree that like um with the right producer and the right colla- you know other bandmates we can get on board that like it could tie it all together in a really uh, unique way so yeah so we want to get like like a super group if you will for the album so we're shopping it to bassists uh and singers right now and then we'll find a, a producer who wants to take on the project and uh and then record it like perfect you know get it like the real recordings done so we're we're still very much in like the demo and like producing phase but or like pre-production phase i should say um I'm just happy to have my evenings back from uh, recording every night for like the last three and a half months. <laughs> but I'm, I think who? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but it, it's going to be worth it when these songs come out. Cause like you, like you said, you saw the riff video I posted on Instagram and like, I've been posting riffs from like those songs that I'm working on, but like, I wish you could hear the drums that were playing in my headphones. They were just 
fucking insane. There's a lot of double bass pedal <laughs> and like real thrashy drums, but also some real like in the pocket, like catchy pop type stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm real excited for that. So was it the drums that brought out this kind of style of riffing or or was it going into this? Did you guys have an idea of what you were going for? Yeah. So he made me a playlist on Spotify, actually, of like 10 or 12 songs with like a range of artists that he was wanted to give me as a reference for what kind of vibe he was going for. So, yeah, we, we it was it was pretty meticulous, um, but we both got along really well because we both have a anything goes attitude. So if a certain song pulls us in one direction, we're not going to like be like, Oh, well this isn't really like quite like the songs that we originally wanted as a reference. Uh, so, uh, it was, it was good to have a balance though, of sort of like something to compare to, or just something to reference versus, uh, also having the freedom to, to be creative. So it was definitely a unique process for me, but I, I really liked it. It was really cool. It was a good balance of structure, but also having the the headroom to really do whatever I want. Heck yeah, man. Who? What's the name of the drummer? Yeah, I think you uh, might have tweeted it to me, but... Yeah, I Sorry, what's his name? Shot. Yeah, I should give him a shout out. Uh, James Donano. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, he, he has a band, uh, uh, Callisto, and they've done songs with like the Ballyhoo guys, and then... Uh, he had another band, Silhouette Rising. They did a couple albums that are on Spotify. One of them had the bassist of Alien Ant Farm, like on the whole album. Oh, cool! So, cool. so yeah, we're we're going for like the bigger, some bigger guys for the bass and vocals. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm gracious and humble that he reached out to a, a little independent guy like me to do guitars. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Well, give yourself credit, man. I mean, you've been at it a long time. You've been playing guitar since you were a kid. You you did all that, you know, years in Fiction Twenty Down, and now doing your single stuff. So. I'm not just saying it because you're kind enough to do the pod, man. Like, uh, you know, like you're you're friggin' good, dude. So, thanks, man. <laughs> if you need me to, if you need me to tell you that, and I'm actually excited <laughs> to see you do, um, because like I said, I think you posted a riff. Gosh, it probably had to be a year ago, and you did like you you did something. You're like messing around in drop D, haven't played in drop D in a while. You know what I mean? And, and even in that yeah. video, you could tell you were like, oh, this is cool to kind of you know, get, you know, switch from doing like the upstroke reggae stuff to doing some like, you know, more power chord kind of yeah. heavier stuff. So, yeah, I, I love it all. So it's, it's cool to be able to have the outlets I do to get it all out there. Now, did you did you experiment with like multiple tunings on this or, or was there one that you're kind of staying in the pocket in? Uh, yeah, it's probably like half and half drop D and standard. Okay. My guitar, my guitars uh, aren't set up to handle much, much lower than D. Um, yeah. Otherwise, the 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 neck starts to get wonky and the intonation gets all messed up. Um, get the buzzy so yeah, strings. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, my custom PRS handles drop D pretty well. It sounds pretty good on that. Um, so yeah, nothing too crazy. I feel I, I would love to get more into alternate tuning. It's just not something I've really uh prioritized i guess yeah yeah now now vocally what what are you guys kind of hoping for out of this can you can you say i mean do you kind of want somebody who does a little bit of the, the the like a combination of melody and maybe like like screaming stuff or, or is it is it are you not really looking for like kind of like that sort of clash type of vibe uh i think clash, not the band but the clash yeah yeah i 
yeah, I think we would want that. Like, you know, someone like Chino would be perfect. Um, so yeah, uh, getting him on a feature is, is on the bucket list. Uh, he's on the list. So we, we're trying to find a basis first, uh, and just lock that up. Um, but for vocalists, I don't know if we really talked about specific singers yet beyond just trying to get Chino on a feature. Um, but yeah, someone, yeah, someone that can do like some pretty like more like melodic and lighter, uh, like pop choruses and stuff like that. And then if that person, same person can scream and growl, that'd be sick. Um, I'm Dude, sure there's someone awesome, like, man. yeah, I'm trying to think of bands that are, that do that, but I'm striking out right now <laughs> sure there are no, dude though. it's all good i wasn't trying to put you on the spot i was just curious you no, know because because cool. yeah there's the you know you you've got a lot of hard rock bands out there like like alter bridge i love and um okay it's obviously there's there's a, a big melodic balance to to kind of the heavy riffing that mark tremani does and then he has like his his tremani stuff which is more of his in that speed metal realm you know but yeah, then like you mentioned yeah, you got bands that. like deftones um Kill Switch is one of my favorite bands. Jesse Leach, you know, goes back and forth between like the heavy kind of hardcore vocals and, and the 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 melodies with with Adam D. So, dude, that's really that's really exciting because again, like it's just it's different from the stuff that you've put out so far. So I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, hopefully that would be pretty sick. I mean, you've gotten the collabs with with uh, 311, right? And they're like your favorite band. So you know, hey man. Chino, if you listen to this, you know, <laughs> hit up <Yeah>. Wes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the motto: shoot for the stars and see what you get on your way down. Yeah, um, man. You never know. You never know who's who's actually into it. Like, if you don't ask. So, especially right now with the lockdown and, and bands not touring at all, um, a lot of these guys are home and they're not making money, um, and they just want to create. Like these guys are are artists, and you know. Uh, every artist just has to keep that hunger fed uh, or else they go crazy. So, um, yeah, you never know. Dude, that's, that's awesome, man. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be, definitely be looking yeah, forward send, to that. I'll send it to you when I have some more, uh, when those demos are a little more fleshed out, uh, they sound, they don't sound too great right now, so I don't want to get, give them out yet. Oh dude, no, no. I, I'll, I'll give listen, you an early man, listen I, when I have it. I feel you, dude. I feel you, man. Yeah, I mean, all all my buddies who are in music, they're they're the same way, man. They don't want to put it out there before it's they're they're really happy with it. You know what I mean? And I know it takes a while, you know, to get a song or even even a demo to like where where you want it to be. So I get it, dude. Right. And and you know, we talked about the earlier in this uh, the singles you came out with. Um, Red Cup Dub has done really well, and you guys did like a video for that the uh the creativity that went into like the you know i mean you could say you know i don't know if you want to say visual visualization but it's it's a music video i mean it was it was really cool i think when i looked on spotify it's got like over seventy thousand streams now i mean that's that's pretty awesome man for for being an independent guy out here doing your thing um you know what, what was that process like not only for that collaboration but also for the idea behind the creativity that went into that music, uh, the video for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. In terms of like the visuals, um, yeah, a music video is something I always wanted to do. And, um, when, uh, Pablo, Pablo Marin, uh, his company's Dega studios, he did the cover up for keep them talking as well. Um, but when he, 
I forget if the idea I, I forget if I had the idea for the music video before the cover art or if it was inspired from the cover art. It may have been either, but um, a music video is always something I've wanted to do because I've mostly just done lyric videos and that's kind of been the extent of like the visual aspect of my songs. Um, and those are fine. You know, every band does that, but I just wanted to do it something a little more elevated than that. So I think, yeah, I don't remember which came first, but like when I saw his cover art and like, uh, the promo video he, he, he made with like the, the jet skier guy, the jet ski character, yeah. like, the, like the intergalactic jet ski explorer. I was like, man, yeah. that'd be like really cool music video. If, and then like, and then I had the idea to, to, Cause at first I was expect I was I was expecting it to be just fully animated and that's it, but then I was like, well, it'd be kind of cool. I've never really put myself out there uh, in my content, like, and so I was like, well, because uh, Trey, the the singer who did the hook and uh, verse, he lives in Baltimore, so it was the first collaboration I've had from someone that lives in actual Baltimore city. So I was like, yeah, I should take advantage of that, and and you you know we should do team up and do like our promo content together just to have like the collaborators together in one spot, you know, it's just a good look. So, uh, then I got the idea of to do the green screen footage. That's what you saw, you know, what's of, uh, him and me, uh, just doing performances and like B roll footage and, you know, just yeah. be, being silly and, and rocking out in my, we just did that in the living room, of my apartment. Oh, for a, real? Uh, yeah. I just had a, a local video guy. I know come bring his gear set up, you know, took a couple hours, had drinks, and it was actually a lot of fun. So that was that was. I'm really happy with how that came out. And uh, again, I want to shout out uh, Pablo from uh, Dega Studios because uh, he really hooked it up on that. And then, um, yeah. In terms of like the other collaborations, uh, it's a lot of outreach uh, like usual. Um, I got the Mayday guys first, um, so that was like super professional. They were like, they because features are a big part of what they do, just as their hustle. So. I sent yeah. their manager the, the the demo and he said sent it to the guys and they were like, Yeah, this is dope. And then we worked out the price and all that stuff. And like next day I had it in my inbox. I was like, Holy shit. Like I waited like uh, over a year for some people's vocals. Um and then with COVID, that kind of stunned it. That kind of threw a wrench in my production plans. Uh but Howie Spangler being the uh inventive man that he is, uh figured out a way for us to do a studio session remotely. So I was able to like uh, sit in on his session because he co-produced a song. So we were able to kind of collaborate on the production side of it um, without missing a step. So that was really cool uh, and different. But um, yeah, it was just uh, like usual, a lot of work, a lot of patience. But uh, for that one, I probably did the least like creative work. I just came up with the guitar parts and like the vibe of the song. And then like it was really more about just being more of the executive producer and putting the right pieces together with the artwork and the music video and organizing it all for the, the launch, you know, having it all timed out for the video to come out the Monday after the release and doing like podcast episodes weekly after the release and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, a it was a lot of work as usual, but also a lot of fun. Did you like putting on those hats? I mean, obviously, when you when you're putting out your own music, you have to wear a lot of those hats anyway. But was was it fun to take that approach with this one, and then and then see the way that it turned out, and the response that it's gotten? Yeah, in this case, it was just because the guys that uh, I were able I was able to work with were just uh, super cool. 
and professional, um, which hasn't always been the case with some collaborators. So, uh, and that when, when they're really into it, like Pablo is like, we love the song. So like we, we kept in touch a lot, texting each other ideas and like, you know, there's just a lot of, tr there was a lot of trust. So like I, you know, a lot of his ideas were used in the artwork and he took my feedback and put his spin on it and, and it turned out great. And then with like Trey living in Baltimore, we were able to go in the studio together, uh, to work out his hook and his verse, um, which was cool because sometimes like the other collaborators will just record on their own and just bounce tracks to me. So in this case, it was it was probably more work than usual, but it was also more fun just because of, um, you know, the, the talent and the personalities were just all about it. So, you know, luckily they, they were all into the song and, and I could tell that. So they seemed excited to contribute to it in their own way, whichever capacity that was and and we're excited to see the final product yeah man it was cool i think the timing of it too coming out like in early august and just kind of having that chill sort of party vibe i, I think it's like what people needed at that point yeah. in the summer with yeah, this whole thing you. like people people just needed something to to be able to have a drink to or whatever you know <laughs> what i mean and just and just relax so i, I think i think at the timing of it all was 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 like perfect too man so that's awesome well and before i let you go i mean and thanks again for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. It's always great talking to you, Wes. Um, the Meet the Collaborators, uh, you know, I know the last time we talked a little over a year ago, um, you know, that was something that you were you were doing uh, you were doing then. But um, in terms of the development of that, you know, you mentioned the live streams and stuff. Um, what was the initial? Because I don't even remember if I asked you that last time. Like the impetus to do not just the songs with these people, but also do like it you know have a conversation with them and do an interview with them i mean what was the genesis sort of of that and then also kind of to where you're trying to take it now and and get into the podcasting into things yeah um so like the two i would say like the first two factors that gave me those ideas was um a i wanted to try to build a, a relationship in some way with these guys beyond just making it a business thing, you know, yeah. which is, which is some, sometimes the case and that's totally fine, but you know, we're making art together and this is going to be something that will exist for generations to come hopefully. So, you know, I'd like to just get to know these people a like on a more personal level. Um, that was really like the first motivation out of it. And then also I was just thinking, well, I'm starting to get some like really like, legit people on these tracks like so uh, you know what other uh marketing ideas and promotion ta uh pieces of content can i do uh in addition to the song just to get the most life out of it and the most exposure and so that was really it uh, i didn't have any grand plans and then like with covid and the lockdown um i still wanted to do them but uh so like live streaming was just a natural step to take uh and then in like the i use Streamyard. That's like the streaming platform. So you can like design the the screen. So I was able to put like the red cupped up artwork in the background, put the collaborator's name on there, like write the caption with their links and stuff, have people live chat in. I got my mic podcasting mic. So like the, the production value was just way greater than I found by doing the live stream that I was also reaching more people organically. Um, so it was just like a no brainer. Um, so I'll probably keep doing that even after lockdown uh, for that reason. But yeah, you know, it was all came from good motivations and good intentions. And um, 
for the most part, uh, most of these collaborators have been more than generous with their time and, and happy to do it, you know, cause I want to make sure I try to get their stuff out there too. And like, you know, kind of put on the interviewer role for myself and like, you know, let my friends and my audience get to know these guys better and also get them to a platform to really like hopefully tell a new audience, uh, you know, what they're about and what they're up to. For sure, man. That's awesome. So you said StreamYard is what you've been using? Yep. And then, and then is there, is, is so like the live streams, you then like archive them and then put them out so people can like download them whenever? Yep, exactly. So yeah, you can download the MP4 of it and then just, I uh, just upload it straight to YouTube. So, you know, they all live on YouTube and then the live videos you can keep on your uh, music page too. So they're all still there for reference. So it's not like it's just one, you just do it live and then it's gone. So yeah, yeah they're still, still out there. That's awesome. And I'll put up the links in the, in the pod description, but what's, what's the YouTube channel for, for people listening to this to check it out? Yeah, it's uh, youtube.com slash Wes Anderson music. Nice. Nice. Yeah, dude, getting, getting the URL is, is yeah, keen on your part because uh, there's, there's people that have like the name of the YouTube channel. Um, I made one like way back in the day and I don't even, I don't know if I even changed mine, but you get like that long, crazy, there's oh, like my. letters, numbers in it. I felt yeah. like such a bum having that man and uh just like around the release of red cup dub i realized i was like pretty close to getting the 100 subs which is like kind of embarrassing that it was took so long to get 100 subscribers but it's just hard man not I, I mean how often do you subscribe to youtube channels like i i never do so like i put a tweet out or something and a couple other people retweeted it and i got like 40 or 50 new subscribers in like within 24 48 hours after that i was like holy shit it's like usually you post something on social media and like you know, it gets lost in the algorithm in like minutes. So I was really, really happy with that, especially with my name being what it is, because if I just, you know, didn't have my own URL like I do now, and I would just told people right now, whoever's listening, just to search Wes Anderson music, they would never find my shit because the director and like yeah. his sound, his soundtracks are a thing. So like you would be, you would be scrolling and scrolling if you just search Wes Anderson music. So um, before I had to tell people to search specifically my name plus the song title, which was annoying to do. So luckily that's freaking in my SEO, man. I know like there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's several Mike Bauman's out there. Um, okay. but no, you know, and that's, and that's funny too. Cause uh, I was just talking to somebody about this recently when it comes to, especially this kind of stuff, like podcasting, music, any kind of media, like, you know, when I started this show, like sometimes it's I ruminate too much. It's one of my bad habits that I'm trying to get away from, whether it's worrying about the future or like being like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. But like when I started my podcast back when it was Bombers Breakdown in like 2012, it was birthed out of like getting to do conversations like this in print form. And then if the interview went well and it was cool, I was like, you know, man, there's only so much I can fit in 700 words. And I enjoy podcasts like. I've been doing radio and TV locally. Like maybe it would be cool to to try to start up a podcast, and 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 now it's like in vogue. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. like there it's like there's so many whatever you're into. Like there's a podcast about it. So, but I always kind of feel like at the end of the day, whether it's like one of the little guys like me, um, you know, people listen to it. Like you said, you're gonna have the people who listen to it who know you, who know your music, but then you also, you know you know, have the artist on there that you collaborated with. And like, in my case, like, you know, 
trying to build an audience as as one of the little guys like you said it can be a little discouraging if you look at like the downloads and you're like yeah <laughs> and like you can see them when you go to my page and i even sometimes wonder if i reach out to people if they're like ah oh, who's that guy really you know and then it's also like for me it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like i do have this history of uh music writing and doing music features where i've talked to you know people in the toledo music scene where we're from to artists from around the country to national touring acts so you know sometimes it's like oh don't just look at the downloads man like i'm getting back into this like i've done some stuff i promise you but you also don't want to come off like a name dropper so yeah i'm yeah, i'm learning yeah. to kind of balance like the um marketing myself without coming off as like like a name dropper you know what i mean to try you know what i'm you know what i'm saying and so like you said uh yeah. you know sometimes people are cool and they want to do it um, and then sometimes people, I, I'm sure they probably look at my downloads or they haven't heard of me and they're probably like, and I get, and I get that too. You know what I mean? Especially if you're a big, uh, national touring band or something, you're probably like, you know, if I talk to Loudwire or Revolver magazine, it's going to get out to more eyeballs than the March 4th podcast with, with this Mike guy. But, uh, but yeah, man, so I'm trying, I'm trying to balance that in between like, you know, building it on merit and hopefully, you know, word of mouth and, and people just enjoying the content that I put out, which is why, you know, I prep for these things. But it's also like you do have to sell yourself, too. And that part of it's always been tough for me. I've never been like a good salesman. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, it's awkward, dude, especially when it comes to art, because it's such a, you know, in podcasting, you could say it's still like a, a form of art, you know, an, a media format. And it's it's it's, so, it's such a personal thing that it it's like tough to you know it's just it just can get uncomfortable and i totally hear you on the name drop stuff because like the 100 percent reason why my songs have been getting the streams they do it's because of these features and these guest artists so like i have to like i literally would be dumb not to like promote as such you know saying these songs and also it's just proper etiquette to credit the guest artists because they contributed and they need to be recognized. So it's like proper etiquette, but it's also like, you know, I, I, I sometimes get self-conscious about the name dropping stuff too. Um, but it's like, what else, what, like, what else would I say? Not, not mention them. Like that would just be rude. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And at the end of the day, they, they want the, you know, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to. They, they want the, you know, the, the press and the publicity too. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. You know. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a balance. Well, Wes, before yeah. I let you go, the last thing I wanted to ask you, um, you know, and touch on, because uh, I think you're you're probably beyond the the live stream stuff that we've talked about. I think you're the only artist that I've talked to, and even artists that I've followed that's actually been able to perform live. I think the oh, well, I take that back. The only other person that I know, my my friend Lindsay. I, she's played live shows, Lindsay Bowman, uh, for people listening to this, I'll give her some pub too. Great singer, country music. She's incredible. She, she, her voice is amazing. Everybody should go check her out, but she's played live shows. So yeah, you're outside of Lindsay. I think you're the only other person that I know that's played live. I mean, was it, and, and I don't want to butcher the name. Was it jazz Sohu or Soju? How do you, how do you say the place yeah, where yeah, you played? Jazz. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jazz and Soju. Jazz and Soju. So I mean, how did how did that come together? Because that was what that was just on September twelfth, and then how yep. how did it go, man? Uh, it was awesome, man. It was like I, I realized if I wanted to play shows uh, sooner than later, I'd have to like find new venues because like strictly music venues just aren't doing shows and probably won't for a while. So uh, 
I really just discovered the place during the lockdown because um, of their Korean fried chicken. So my gr- my girlfriend and I got it for takeout like months ago, and there was just the best freaking wings I've ever had in my life. Yeah. So we, so we just kept going back. We've gotten it like four times in the last couple months, and and then they started allowing indoor dining uh, at limited capacity maybe a couple months ago. And so going inside, I was like, saw all these records on the wall and like a really cool, like music oriented uh, interior and obviously the name Jazz and Soju. So uh, we were just talking to the owner and I told them what I do and gave them my card and got in touch. And they're like, yeah, we do live music. And um, I was the first one they had uh, to play again. I was a little intimidated because they typically book jazz acts and I'm not really a jazz performer. So I for my backtracks and the beats that I play guitar over, I, I found some new, I had to curate some new ones that were a little like more lo-fi hip hop jazzy sounding and write some more like chill guitar lines and solo. So it actually ended up being like a really great vibe. And, um, I ended up doing three sets instead of the two I was supposed to do. Uh, they were at capacity with all their tables. So they had a great night. Um, so they'd have me back. So yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't like a typical, like, music club you know they're a restaurant and bar and stuff but music is a very integral part to what they do so really unique spot for baltimore like there's not any place like that that exists and it's a relatively new spot so i really hope they do well and they said they're gonna have me back so i'd love to really do like a residency there if if they would have me uh because it's in a real hip part of town like younger crowd so i i made more fans from that show than i've done like some of my uh, club gigs, like opening for Ballyhoo, even just like with email signups, uh, people giving me their info that wanted me to play like their private parties after seeing me, uh, stuff like that. So um, and then use that. So when I do the club shows again and you have to sell tickets and all that, hopefully I'll have built up a little bit of a more local audience that I could uh, slang some tickets to. Right on, man. Well, that's that's <laughs> awesome. That's that's cool how it came together, too, man. Uh, yeah, I know, just love to take out and. <laughs> Yeah, man, dude, I'm gonna have to connect with you on on the you you got. I feel like uh, whoops, hit my table. You got like the. I feel like you got the business side of things down, like, um, like it it well, and and I should say like just having that thought of like, like sometimes I get like afraid to ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and afraid to just reach out sometimes. But you, but again, you gotta like you gotta sell yourself. So I think that's really cool that. Uh, just just out of getting that food and then talking to the owner and seeing the space and seeing what they do that you're able to perform live man and from the pictures you put up it looked like a pretty cool like where you're yeah. playing the backdrop look cool was it like oh, yeah. records and stuff in the back yeah exactly so it was like you know with fiction 20 down we like did bar gigs like every fucking weekend for like years on end and those yeah. dr- those really suck your soul. So with my new live show, I was really hoping to not get into that arena. So this is like as far as much into the bar scene I want to go. But with what they have going on is like really legit. And it's like a really cool area they had all blocked off for me. And like, you know, like you saw with the records in the background, it was a really good am- like ambience and vibe and stuff like that. And, you know, I was able to just kind of control the entertainment for the night and people seem to like it. So um yeah it was just just really cool well that's awesome dude well that's that's evidence of like what's what's possible so we're just we'll just put the positive vibes out there <laughs> on this podcast that uh hopefully yep. hopefully we'll get we'll, we get more live music back soon well wes i i can't thank you again for for taking the time man i'm really excited to get this one out there i'm glad you're doing well and that you're healthy 
um, you know, one more time for the people and I'll put up the links, but let them know where they can find you. And uh, if there's anything else that you that you want to promote before we close this bad boy out. Uh, yeah, so WesAndersonMusic.com is the main website. I'll just say that because that has links to everything else. Um, and then, yeah, I'm actually uh, releasing a remix of Red Cup Dub in October. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the premiere on who is remixing. Uh, it's uh, remixed by DJ Lethal from Limp Biscuit. Oh, my God, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that be on the lookout awesome. for the... The lethal remix of red cup dove it's fucking awesome oh dude that is sick yeah. that is sick he's, well he's you know can we, can we um can can we give people a song i mean obviously i'm, I'm not trying to steal the thunder of, of you putting that one out but is there a song we can give people for for this episode of the pod which which, yeah. which, which one can we give people I'll, I'll give you red cup dove sweet sweet man DJ Lethal, dude, you j- dropping a bomb at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just submitted it for release uh, on Monday. Um, but yeah, I got the artwork. Everything's good. He he made a fucking sick beat, and he does like he did like tons of scratches at the end with like saying his name, like DJ Lethal, all scratched up. It's pretty epic, dude. That is so awesome. <laughs> well, Wes, keep it keep it going, man. I'm so excited for you. Thanks for taking the time and definitely keep in touch, man, even outside the podcast. If you ever want to talk about music or whatever, man, and uh, you you got infinitely better artwork, even though this isn't uh, this is just going to be audio only. Wes has got the cool <laughs> setup going on. He's just looking at blinds with me in the background. I got to maybe maybe change my table around here. But uh, <laughs> awesome talking to you, man. Uh, definitely keep in touch. Keep your head up. And uh, yeah, that's that's sick, man. I'm I'm, I'm super excited for you. All right, you too, brother. I appreciate it. Oh my God, guys, it's fall. We've got pumpkin cardigans, pumpkin scarves, pumpkin leggings, pumpkin boots, pumpkin-infused pumpkins. We've got pumpkin pie. We've got pumpkin pizza, special edition pumpkin hot pockets. We've got pumpkin napkins. We've got special edition vegan coloring for your dog so you can color them up in pumpkin it helps keeps its fur warm and then when you go down to the pumpkin patch and get some apple cider and a pumpkin donut you can put them right up on that hay and get a great picture for insta and then if you go down to the corner and you go to the car dealership we've got special edition metallic pumpkin painted cruisers you get the first three months of payments free you get jack's the jack-o'-lantern sewn right into the headrest by Suze. She's been working here for 30 years. It's a family-owned dealership. And guess what? If you open up that glove box, you will find a voucher for free pumpkins from now until the end of 2035. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Wes, when you listen to this, man, I hope that uh, you want to do the podcast again sometime in the future. I promise you guys I will get this train back on the tracks. I just thought it would be funny to come back and think of as many pumpkin things as I could say again. That was my conversation with Wes Anderson, who may or may not do this podcast ever again after hearing all of that. I will say one final note on pumpkins. Just as you shop this weekend, notice all the pumpkin stuff and tell me I'm crazy. (laughs) WesAndersonMusic.com is the central hub for everything Wes Anderson, for all of his singles, for photos, for links to his socials. That's where you can find his stuff. Also, make sure to check out his YouTube channel 
for the meet the collaborators that he does with these people after he puts out the music i think it's a really cool thing that he gives you guys these conversations and not just a song and gives you a little bit of backstory about the art that he made together with all of them so excuse me i gotta take a deep breath turns out pumpkins take a lot out of you um i promise i'll stop <laughs> and then obviously like i mentioned in the beginning march4.podbean.com is where you can find past shows of mine. It's where you can find links to previous work that I've done in terms of music features. You can also stream it on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Podbean, some other music, uh, you know, podcast streaming apps out there. Rather, at March Fourth Pod on Instagram, at Mike V Ballman on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, for checking out the show. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. I think it's awesome that Wes gave us an exclusive and let us know that this month he's putting out a special edition of Red Cup Dub with the DJ Lethal remix. DJ Lethal, as you guys heard, some of you may know if you're into heavy music like me, of Limp Biscuit. That is so freaking awesome that Wes was able to get that, that DJ Lethal did that. I, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. I know it's been a crazy year. It's driven some of us to pumpkin. It's been that crazy. But uh, I hope everybody's doing doing well. You know, I say it on every show keep the faith and be kind to one another. I mean it with all my heart. And uh, I, I really believe that love can change the world, man. So I hope everybody's good to each other. If you need to turn off the news, if you need to get away from it all, whether it's music for people, you know, like Wes, who are musicians or people like me who listen to music and love it, uh, whether it's art, sports, exercise, uh, drawing, coloring, um, you know, uh, whatever it is, man, you know, find your outlet to get away from, you know, all of the vitriol out there and just laugh and, and be good to each other, man. Do, do something kind for somebody and, and just with nothing, nothing in, in return. You know what I mean? Just, just be good to people for the sake of being good to people and you'll be a better person for it. So on that note, I will say, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Without further ado, here is Red Cup Dub from Wes Anderson featuring Mayday and Trey Miller. Peace. I just need my red cup, red cup, that I'm fed up, fed up. It's the only thing that's gonna pick my head up, head up. Never let up, let up. You better get up, get up. Just relax your mind, go and grab a red cup, red cup. Walk in a place looking for one thing, one love, one drink. Why you at it? Roll me up another of those fast flips. I've been working all week and I need me some distractions. Some fat ass and some music got me losing all the damage. And no, that ain't outlandish when all you do is kill shit. When you throw a party, light the city from your building. I know people ain't ready for what's coming and I feel it. So I just keep it smoky till I low-key got no feelings. I turn up that something, something. That shit they get people bumping. I'm trying to go home with something. So give me a running start. I'm trying to get out the dark. By going out when it's dark And seeing my fam laughing, drinking and splitting guards I'm trying to see how far we gon' keep this up How far we'll press our luck before they come and kill us up I don't like how them boys is moving, yo, they should be sus I fuck it, I ain't stressing out, I need my red cup
double up, I shouldn't drive, I run amok I came here like a beatnik, which is old school for pre-lit But I'm modernized for the V-bitch, I'ma get a spot and keep it Need a refill, but I'm waving now Trying to find a better way around Somebody get a way to save me now Cause Satan's out, blazing proud Yeah just came to catch a buzz and bounce Celebrate my victories and dip my beacon plush accounts Yeah, I got that medicine I've been prescribed Pharmacist was targeting my heart and shit to get a rise Two parts mezcal, there it is, that's the recipe You don't need nothing else to get it sweet After that shit, you can let it be Let it leak now for a second round Records down for checking out after the party set to lounge I think the vibe is right, let's set it up See, you know how to find me, just keep looking for the I rest I just need my wake up, wake up, when I'm fed up, fed up It's the only thing that's gonna pick my head up, head up Never let up, let up, you better get up, get up Just relax your mind, go and grab a red cup, red cup Couldn't ask for more, but I'm really feeling okay Chilling on the shore, gotta see the view from the bay Roll up your fears now, been smoking Me solo, me and the gang roll deep in the function. Crock on my shirt, not polo. Air is hazy, music's loud. Gotta keep it on the low low. Cause nosy neighbors won't do favors, they just caught a whoa, whoa. I'm international on sabbatical, ain't it magical? Whoa, unimaginable go go gadget flow. I just had to let you know. If I miss your car, I'm in Panama, probably chilling on a boat, or maybe sipping on gold in a crib with a moat. Man's living the dream. Please, nobody wake me up. Since 2013, when I was 18, been sipping the reddest cups. Now you know what it is. That tune that's stuck in your head is us. I said, baby, don't trip. Just remember the sip is what led to us. Sitting on something that's put my mind at ease. I'm going on steam, she rolling up my trees. Anytime I want trips overseas, ain't that the dream? Red cups on the beach down in Belize. You can't box me and I don't fit your labels. She cut loose the stallions out the stable. Baltimore, Hurt, and Coral Gables Messing with them kings, I talk in Able